Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everybody. This is Stoney Jackson. I'm going to be with Zach and Dustin on $2 Late Fee. I want you guys to tune in and listen. It's going to be fun. Check it out. Before there was IMDb.com, there was Zach and Dustin. You know those guys who think they know everything about a movie without having to go on the internet to look it up? That's us, but maybe only for the years 1981 through mid-1989. No, I'd say late 1978 through early 1992. (laughs) Either way, we know movies. And even more specifically, we know soundtracks from those movies. Yeah, this is $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. This is the podcast where we pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it still holds up today. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Okie dokie. Well, finishing up Streets of Fire Month in a very, very strong way here today. Uh, I, for one, could not be more excited about how this has gone. Devoting, you know, we don't always do it. We don't always do it. Devote an entire month to to one movie. But when we do, um, in, in in many, many ways, we get, we get a, uh, just a, a total immersive experience. And it's fun to see kind of people come out of the woodwork and be like, oh, man. I love that you guys are doing this and people taking part. And uh, today we got today we got Bird, one of the Sorrells. Stoney Jackson in the house, in person. He was just styling and profiling. I mean, he and he brought such great energy to our interview. Uh, it was an it was a perfect way to kind of end this Streets of Fire month uh, with with an interview that brought some fire, great stories and uh, lots of fun. We know Stoney from Streets of Fire, of course, but we talk about, uh, we cover a lot of things today. We cover uh, Trespass, which is another uh, Walter Hill uh, fun one. We talk about The Righteous Apples for a little bit, a, a show that we Zach, sure you've never heard of. And I was like, how, how have you never heard of this? Something must be wrong. It was, I was blown away by the whole Righteous Apples discussion because I'm like, wait a minute, I didn't, I didn't even know about that show back in the day. There, there are so many shows from the 80s, movies from the 80s that just come and go and then they're gone. And I mean, that's never stopped you before. I, I usually no. think that the, the, the more obscure it is, the more likely it is you own it. Like this aired for 20 minutes one time on NBC and you, <laughs> and you, got, you got it. We talked about The Insiders, uh, the TV series, The Insiders he did, the movie he did right before it, uh, which Knights of the City. Yeah. You, you just showed it to me recently. I fell asleep for a little bit, not because it was boring, but just because I was very tired. And then I woke <laughs> up and then I watched the end of it. it it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty rad. It's a nice segue into the fact that Michael Jackson and his connection to Stoney Jackson, very unique, yes, very yes. special. This could uh, be Knights- breaking news. Breaking news. Right breaking here. news. I mean, yeah. if you look at Knights of the City, by the way, you see heavy influences from the Beat It music video. Oh, you know what? Breaking news, breaking news. We have a new patron that we need to thank. Uh, Sandro Diaz. Dude, thank you so much. Uh, Top tier patron um, of our, uh, what's called our good guy slash good girl tier. And you get so much good stuff. And, you know, we just, we really appreciate all the support. And um, if you would like to join our Patreon, it's very easy to do that. We have a lot of cool things. I won't get into all of it, but but thank you. And I also just want to say, um, if you guys are able to, to leave us a review, uh, Spotify, iTunes, uh, rate and review us. That is would would be so immensely appreciated. 
it goes a long way just writing some nice things about our show. It really does. And if you sign up at that highest tier, well, Mr. Diaz, you will be getting a uh, beautiful mix CD curated by Dustin and myself to enjoy the first of many. And uh, and we're assuming that you still have something to play CDs on because if you don't, you know, you're probably listening to the wrong show. If you don't have a Walkman, well, you need to fix that too. But that's a whole other story. Yeah, if you don't have a walk, well, right, because the cassette. I mean, we're not offering cassettes, but if we, we probably would. Not yet. Yeah. Down the pipe. Once we become once we become bigger and better. Right. That's so so cost effective. <laughs> yes. But what a way to finish out Streets of Fire. The month it was released way back when this interview will uh, bring the fire once again he was a great guest and it was a pleasure to have him on the show yeah he's he's just he's got that joy in him which i appreciate you have it too you, you and too. tony you and tony i have it some some days you know like most you, days you got it most days it's in there it's Don't an eight be modest it's an eight bring the fire streets of fire tony jackson Tony Jackson. Yes. Thank you for being on $2 Late Fee. Hey, thank you guys for inviting me down here, man. This is really cool. Yeah, it's an honor to have you on the show. It's, it's thank awesome you. to have you. You guys and, are giving me chills. Too many compliments. You man. look, as we say, you know, you walked in here. I'm like, what are you, like 38 now? And you're like, <laughs> you're like I'm not. And uh, you look amazing. Thank you. You look amazing. So wow. whatever you're doing, share it with us. Well, I don't, uh, I don't just after go to the sleep show. and wake up. <laughs> How many hours a night do you get? Sleep, yeah, man, it depends. Sometimes I I rarely get any. What? Yeah. So you're one of the like I can you function on two hours? Yeah, I can function on two hours, but it's bad. Okay. But I can't function. How many did you get last night? Hmm. I probably got about five to six. Five to six. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Sounds about right. I get that same amount. Anytime I go to sleep really early, if I go to bed early, let's say nine o'clock, yeah. I always wake up about Three thirty, four o'clock in the morning, and then I'm up till like and six or seven. To the day, that's when I boom. Oh, I hit it. wait, six or seven a.m. Yeah, and then so you fall back asleep. Okay, wow. And are you productive in those hours? No, no. Okay, so it's more like whatever. <laughs> I'm just laying there, man. Okay, just, yeah. Have you always been that way? No. Okay, so that was something fairly recent, or sort of in the yeah, in the past few years actually. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we're obviously a little bit younger than you, and we look a lot older than you. But no, uh, we don't. but you you've you've <laughs> I feel older as we're talking. Well, you had said, and we can yeah. get to that later. But you said you took a break from acting for a while. Yeah. And and but your career goes a little bit back. Yeah, it does, man. I started when I was a teenager. Wow. Yeah. Growing, and as a matter yeah. of fact, one of the first parts that I ever had was a guest star role on a on a TV series called The Righteous Apples. Okay. And I don't know if you know anything about um. Uh, he was a pretty big producer for a while. His name was Topper Carew. Okay. Mm. And Michael T. Williamson, who starred in right. uh, Streets of Fire with yep. me, right? Um, he was a regular on the show. Okay. And that's how I met him. So he was a teenager. I was a teenager. And that was yeah. like my first like kind of main guest star kind of role on the yeah. show. Yeah, it's called Righteous. The Righteous Apples. The Righteous Apples? Yeah. What was it about? Um, It was about, it was kind of like a... Uh, what's that show, The Saved by the Bell? Yeah. It was like a Saved yeah. by the Bell kind of show, but before Saved by the Bell. Okay. Uh, like E.G. A... Daly, you know, yeah, she know was on the show. Yep, she yep. was a regular on the show, Michael T. Williamson. I can't remember who the other who the other cast people were, but... um, Those are three heavy hitters right there. You said Mike. okay uh-huh. like you didn't know it. You, no. Do you not know it? No, I don't. Oh, yeah. this, is, this, is, this is significant. If Zach doesn't know it and Zach doesn't own it, that means it's it's It's, it's out. a pretty it, big deal because I know my stuff. It's a huge deal. You know, I thought he was jiving me. Couldn't believe that even you'd use a brother. He ain't no brother. Now I was doing Uncle Tommy here a favor, making him martyr for the cause. What the hell cause are you fighting for, Jim? Man, I'm ticked off at the way they treat us at Sherwin. Till I can get us back to our old school, man. I'm not gonna let it rest. And if you got to come down, brother. I'm get Michael yeah. T to try to come in here and do this, yeah, come on now. He's on the road a lot. Well, we want to do a Sorrel reunion. You gotta get all the Sorrels oh. in. We want to do all the songs. <laughs> You know, it'd be easy to get me, Grand, and um, and uh, Michael T, but I don't know, Robert, and he's, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he does might he be not, a little different. Does he not like fun, you think? <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> right. I'll be honest with you, I don't know. Wait, I'll just say it. it might be a little difficult, but he may do it. 
no, but it's but it's true. You guys, you've you've all had significantly different careers um, since, <clears throat> and Robert was was very very focused on comedy for a while, and yeah, and he was focused on directing more yeah. so yeah. the comedy. Yeah, um, he was filming. What was that movie he did? Hollywood, Hollywood Shuffle. Shuffle. Yeah, he was doing that on the weekends while we were shooting Streets of Fire. No kidding. And when we were doing Streets of Fire, we were contracted for 22 or 23 weeks, right? Which is a long time. That's a long time. Yeah, yeah that's like a yeah. half, that's like six months. Yeah. Okay? But we didn't film the entire time. Mm-hmm. What Universal wanted to do was they wanted to make sure that no actors in between the times that they were going to be down were going to go and get other parts. Mm-hmm. So they took care of us. 22 weeks, man. That was That was sweet. They don't do that anymore now, do they? I don't know. Yeah. Probably yeah. not. But yeah, twenty two weeks on a on a movie on a feature, yeah. Universal. That's wild. That was big. Yeah. And they wild. took care of us. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, we cause did well. You are now you're back on television, right? And a TV series, uh, or you you did a TV series fairly recently, right? And but but you got your start on TV as well. Yeah. And sitcoms. Episodic television. Started out doing commercials. Yeah. Okay. I did a lot of commercials. Were you always want? Was that? Did you always want to be an actor when you were a kid? Or yes. Since I was, I probably. Well, when I was growing up, I grew up in um, rural Virginia, and for the first, I would say, up until fourth grade, mm-hmm. I lived with my grandparents. Okay. And my mom. Uh, when I was first born, I, you know, uh, my mom got married because she was pregnant, and it was one of those pregnancies back in the days where you had to get married to the, the guy that got you pregnant because it was Shotgun not wedding. like, yeah, it's not yeah. like it is yeah. today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So, my parents, my biologicals weren't really that in love with each other. Uh, my mom was always in love with a childhood sweetheart who his mother and her mother were best friends since they were kids. Oh, wow. That's how rural that part of Virginia is. So everybody, like, knew each other. So my mom was always in love with him. And then I guess they had a period where they weren't together, and then she messed around with, you know, my biological father and ended up getting pregnant when she was 17 years Uh old. So she had me. And then um, we lived, we first lived in Maryland with him for about two years, Maryland and D.C. And then... um, they got divorced, and then my mother and I moved back into the house with my grandparents in Virginia in a little town called Dinwiddie, which is outside of um, uh, Petersburg in Richmond, okay. where I was born in Richmond. So, um, Wow, back in the day. Yeah, so then my mom ended up marrying the guy, right? The original guy. Yeah. The original sweetheart. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And they have two daughters, which are my two half-sisters, and then he wanted to go to med school. Now, his father... Is uh very well was very well to do, especially being back in that time, his family mm-hmm. had money, so they were able to have cars, televisions, and all that stuff back in the early '60s and the late '50s. You know when my parents mm-hmm. grew up, yeah. And um, he had money, but his father was very stingy, and my dad always wanted to be a doctor, so he actually put himself, he and my mom put himself through med school at University of Virginia. Wow, and Amazing. so yeah. So right before he did that, he was going to school in um, in uh, Portsmouth, Virginia. And okay. when they moved oh, there, yeah. I didn't want to go. So I stayed with my grandparents. So my mom, two of my young sisters, and, and um, my stepdad moved to um, Portsmouth. And they lived there. And I stayed with my grandparents. And that brings me back to say this. When I was there, I remember when I was about six or seven years old, my grandparents bought me a TV, a little tiny white box, black and white TV. And remember, TV used to go off at like 11 o'clock, 12 yeah. o'clock at night, and you get that boop. <laughs> and every night, I would listen to, um, I would uh, listen to, oh, sorry about that's that okay. noise. I would listen to um, Ray Charles do that. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, beautiful. Oh, man, that was, the, uh, that was my favorite song in the world. So I would listen to that every night. Louis Armstrong at in six, there, seven yeah. years old, <laughs> midnight, watching TV until it turned off, and then I would go to sleep. They wouldn't even know it because I would be in the room. Right, I had my just own sneaking. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So because of watching <laughs> so much TV, I used to watch Lassie and Gentle Ben and all that stuff. Gentle I always ben. wanted to be an actor mm. from from that moment. Love that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I always knew when I would watch them, you know, uh, Opie, 
in um in uh what do you call it? My my three sons, okay. all those shows when yeah. I was a little kid. Andy Griffith and all that. Yeah, stuff. all that stuff, man. I always knew I could do what those guys are doing. Wow. But I never knew the business was the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> you never do. You never do yeah. until you're in it. You're like, oh, this is the business. That's the reoccurring theme we have on our show a lot of times is when people come on, they say, you know, I really want to be an actor, really want to be a performer. But then the business side of it was the not unfun side, you know, but, mm -hmm. but, but you, did you came out, come out to LA as a teenager? So this is what happened. Um, when my dad went to med school, then I decided to go ahead and move back in with them because we got, um, uh, we moved to Charlottesville. Okay. And at that time, the Navy had a program where they would pay for anyone's education that was like med students. Mm -hmm. Okay. They would pay for their education as long as you gave them when you graduated at least eight years serving. Oh, wow. Right? Okay. So, eight years? Yeah. Wow. So my dad graduated from med school and he did his internship and his residency at, um, uh, well, the internship was done at Bethesda, Maryland. So we moved to Bethesda. Okay. And, um, um, so when they, when he became a naval officer, that's what they did. They made him an officer. Wow. So things like went. For sure. Yeah. yeah Cause totally. we were, we were really poor at first. And then when that happened, got into the Navy and as an officer, he didn't have to go in and enlisted or anything like that. He went in as an officer. He went in as an officer yeah. and did he, and he could be stationed where he, where he wanted. Well, what happened was he did his, his four years in, um, internship. And then when he did his residency, we moved to Pensacola, Florida, to the Naval Air Station down okay. there. And then after he was done there, we had a choice to go to either Rota, Spain, the Philippines, or Long Beach. <laughs> I always there's, wanted to be an actor. Yeah. There's the so choice. when I heard Long Beach, yeah. I'm like, man, that's right yeah. next to L.A. LBC. Never been to California ever before. Yeah. And I talked them you, into moving to Long Beach Wow. when I was a kid, when I was like yeah. about... Oh Probably my 13, 14 God. years old. They must have loved you so much. Yeah, we moved to Long Beach. That's where we've been ever since. Wow. That's how I got That's out That's amazing. Here. We go to Spain, That's how, we yeah. go to the Philippines. Like, no. Yeah. And then I didn't know anything about how to get into the business. Of course so not. I yeah. was looking in newspapers all the time, yeah. looking yeah. for, you know, acting, uh, just whatever I could yeah. find. Yeah. And I found this place called Caroline Leonetti LTD. It was like a, like, kind of like an acting class. Okay. And as well as, um, they taught you how to take care of yourself and all this kind of stuff. And they showed you how to go about, you know, getting an agent when you graduated out of that class, uh -huh. which I think was probably two or three months long. Mm -hmm. And that's how I got my pictures. That's how I found um, how to get an agent. I this one much, class out of Long yeah, Beach? Yeah. No, in, it was in uh, Hollywood. In it Hollywood. was in Hollywood. Yeah. Okay. And at that particular time, we were living in Cerritos. Okay. So um, my family bought a house in Cerritos, California. And um, which is not really that far from LA. Yeah. And back then, the traffic wasn't like it is right, now. Now, right. if you try to go from Cerritos now, it'd take you two hours. Yeah. Right? People don't get that. People but back don't then, I could, get, I could get to LA, I could get to yeah. Hollywood in about 20, 25 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Oh my Sounds God. about right. In, in traffic. Yeah. You could do that now about three yeah. in the morning, I think. Maybe. Man, LA is like Manila, Philippines. I was there a couple of years ago, and oh my God, I, I swear to you, this is no joke. If you want to get in a car, get in the cab, or whatever, yeah. to go. Four miles into mm -hmm. that city, it will take you over two hours to do it. Oh, it's brutal. But isn't that yeah. dependent on certain times of day? No, no? There's, there's no logic. Same, same here because I feel like it's all the time here. Now. And you know where else is bad is uh, Ho Chi Minh City. Oof. I mean, oh the, my god, yeah. it, it's crazy over there. Yeah, Traffic. we we were talking offline. Wait, right when we first kind of made our introductions <clears throat> to each other, and you were saying you travel a lot. You travel. You still travel to this day a lot. Yes. Okay. Yeah, places all over the world. Yeah, any particular place that you uh, fancy more than the, than another? No, not well. I don't know. Not really. Italy's really beautiful. I've never been. Italy's really got to go to the motherland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. right. My 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 ten yeah. percent motherland. Yeah, I guess, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> but no, but um, yeah, here you are, like getting into acting as a young child, teenager, mm -hmm. really. And and during an era when like we're talking, it was way different than it is now. Mm -hmm. Obviously, so you get your headshots, you find out where to go, mm -hmm. just start auditioning, start hustling. I got a commercial agent first. Okay, um, 
and that wasn't by design. I just saw this agency. I submitted pictures to these agencies, yeah. and yeah. then I got calls to come in and see them. And so I went into uh, this agency at the time. They were sort of new. Mm-hmm. They were called Sutton, Barth, and Venari. Okay. SBB. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're like the biggest agency now yeah. with commercials, especially commercials. And so We do um, voiceover. SBB is yeah, top. They're yeah. huge. Yeah. But I got with them when they were like just starting yep. out. That's wild. That's yeah. Awesome. So they picked me up, and they started sending me out. On my first audition, which was, I think, a McDonald's uh, French fries commercial. Nice. And I was the lead in that commercial. I Your got first my, audition. I got my you first booked. audition. Yep. McDonald's. Yeah. Bless you. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm loving yeah. it. Oh, and sorry. then from there, like every week, I was booking a commercial. And all of them were national. All of them. And check this out. Remember Roots? Yeah. Okay. Everybody in their mama was watching Roots. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't know. You guys may be too young for it. I was watching Roots. I mean... Did you I, watch it? I, I I I didn't watch it really. No, but I was raised in front very of very familiar. Roots was huge. It was yeah. huge. Okay, yeah. so I'm in like yeah. freshman in high school, and or sophomore, and that commercial aired prime time. Had no idea it was coming on. We're all watching Roots. Next thing we know, I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> and my yeah. McDonald's commercial aired. When I went to school That's the next awesome. day, everybody was like, hey, man, we saw you. Yeah, that's awesome. It's like, get off me. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> nobody awesome. wanted to talk to me at first, you know. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. That's how it happens. Right. Yeah. Me and my sister at that time, we were like, probably out of that school, maybe seven black kids in that entire school. Wow. Yeah. In Long Beach. It was in or Cerritos. Cerritos. In Cerritos. Yeah. 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 Times have changed. Really? <laughs> I know. A little bit. A little bit. Amazing. Well, and, and and then you were saying earlier, The Righteous Apples was a show you were on for a couple episodes, but then you from there you went to <clears throat> The White Shadow. Yeah. The first part that I ever actually got theatrically was um, I did an episode. It was a two-hour episode of Quincy with yeah. uh, Jack Klugman. Yeah. And uh, Michael Constantine. Oh, yeah. amazing. Yeah. I remember him. I think amazing. he was on, what, Room 222? Yep. And that was, uh, I had a few scenes with those two guys. Okay. And I was a, like a, a young kid who had overdosed on some drugs or pills or something like mm-hmm. that. Whatever the the cosmetic or drug was, you know, in those days. Yeah. So um, that was my first part. Wow. And then, yeah, I ended up getting that Righteous Apples, which I was like the main guest star lead on that TV series. That was with Michael T. Williamson. Yep. Which is still my best friend to this oh, day. Oh, nice. Good. Right on. Yeah. He and I have been best friends since that day that we met. Unrighteous Apples. Yep. That's beautiful. That he is so said, cool. He said, man, I just saw something in you. Mm. That's what he said to me. Oh, that's beautiful. We, yeah. We, we've been this close. He was my best man in my wedding. Yeah. We've been that close. And we still are to this minute. That's, oh, that's that. amazing. Yeah. E.G. Daly um, is another one who was in that right. show. Also, and also in Streets of Fire. Yeah. Which is like amazing. So, yes. is there a connection as far as you guys? Were you, were you randomly auditioning for the same things? Did you like with you and Michael T? Like the fact that you guys both ended up as Sorrells, but were already best best friends. Did one of you bring another the other in, or was it just at that particular time back in those days? You couldn't bring each other into anything. Yeah. we were mm-hmm. just all auditioning for whatever we just, could audition for, okay. and we were all out there. A lot of times, yeah, we did audition for a lot of the same parts. Yeah. Some I got, some he got. Right. Yeah. And then, of course, other actors out there got stuff too. But I worked a lot, and so did he. That's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. I love that you guys had that relationship and still do to this day. Because mm-hmm. yeah. it shows on screen. Like, you know, when someone, when there's a relationship with people, it, it, it comes, and you have to be friends or something on a, in a movie or a TV series, it comes across so much more. Like, you want to connect more with those people as a viewer. Because you're like, those guys are cool. They're having a good time. And there was something about your performance, especially in Streets of Fire, where we were just drawn into that. I'm like, I want to know more about your backstory. I want to see a Sorrell's movie, you know? We had always talked about that. I just don't know what happened. I think it was something that was probably thought about by the studio and Walter Hill Mm -hmm. um, doing a Sorrell's movie because we did get pretty popular from that movie. Yeah, for sure. that song. Yeah. Well, then Robert Townsend made a movie called The Five Heartbeats. And like in my own mind back in the day, I, I, you know, uh, role playing or whatever, I'm like, oh, I'll just call that the band The Sorrells. Yeah. That'll be their story. That's pretty right. much why he did it too, I think. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Right on. I mean, like you, you're the, the, it, we were talking about this the other day when 
I Can Dream About You comes on and you're singing it, your character is. I know Dan Hartman is a legend in his own way, rest in peace. I always associated that voice with you in the movie. Mm -hmm. Everybody. It was hard to detach the two. Yeah. When you got cast for that, did you know that this, obviously, this movie was going to be as big as it was? I mean, Um, a cult hit, I guess. It's more, yeah, it became more of a cult hit than it did a box office hit. Right. Didn't open great. Yeah. Yeah. I think at the time that it opened, it opened uh, against Superman. I think. Yeah. And then also what happened was there was a huge freeze over on the Eastern seaboard. Yes. In the country. It was like one of the worst that had ever happened. So that really affected the opening of that movie. The opening weekend was not, was not well attended. That's what happened. And if you don't get, if a movie doesn't open well, you people don't usually go two or three weeks after it's already opened up. Yep. Right. That's how they used to do it anyway. It was all about, it was all opening weekend. Yeah. Like all the time. That's what happened to that movie. That's that's exactly what happened to that movie, why it got crushed. Well, dare I say, I think it's actually gotten more popular now. Like yeah, I people, think so. You bring up Streets of Fire now, and we are clearly, because we're having you on the show and talking about the movie, <laughs> yeah. and we have Michael Perea on, and, and Streets of Fire came out the month we're recording this in June. Uh, it, it holds up, and then some. Mm-hmm. And Dustin and I were saying in our, previous episode of the streets of fire when we focused just on the movie your the sorrells are really like the heart of that movie in many ways like you guys are the most wholesome of the film there's a lot of gray characters throughout but you guys are just pure heart i said the most likable basically (laughs) i mean i wasn't you know just pulling any questions about it because it's like the second you guys are on the screen you're like oh finally some people we can like relate to and we can like and we really? can yeah because yeah. everyone every other character just like you know even like like tom cody like he's the cool tough guy he's mm-hmm. the hero but he's also like knocking diane lane out hit her in he the just face like punches her in the face and you're like <laughs> and he's like rude you, know? you do that today no right, right? everybody's everybody's rude you know rick moranis is just insufferable <laughs> Like Billy Fish, the character. He's a jerk. He's a jerk. You know, so yeah, every was, character, character was a jerk. Yeah, every character is basically, you know, just just there there is no there's no middle ground to them. It's just kind yeah, of like nobody's really yeah. nice. Nobody's nice. Nobody's Except nice. For you guys. Except for us. Yep. Except for you guys. And we got kidnapped. <laughs> I know, right? Yes. Against your will. Yes, and you're nice throughout the whole thing. And by the end, we're like, oh yeah. 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 Let's do our let's do our moves and whatnot. And it's, yeah. It's amazing. So Michael came on and he told he told the story about how when in the scene when he's hijacking your bus mm-hmm. and you were driving that bus mm-hmm. and you were literally driving that bus mm-hmm. as yes. an actor. Yeah. And he talked about, you know, having to jump out in front and basically stop the bus yeah. and having some some concerns about it. He was like, he was like, well, that's Stoney. Stoney's not a, a driver, you know, and Walter was saying, you know, oh, no, no, he's good. He's good. And I want to I would love to hear your perspective of that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I kind of remember it. I kind of remember it. I'm, I think I was a little nervous that I, you know, wouldn't put on the brakes hard enough. And bus brakes aren't like you yeah. know regular car brakes. Right. No. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not it like brakes. It was a little, yeah. little nerve wracking. I didn't yeah. want to hit that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and you need special license driving. He bus. got over there. Yeah. You can see. Yes. Yeah. He, but he said it was perfect. He said it was perfect. It was yeah. as if you know you broke and he stopped. It was like he stopped the bus. Yeah. yeah. I always make make sure I try to do do it right as much as i can so yeah I didn't want especially that in guy. that moment oh yeah oh man and he was off of editing in the cruiser so he was like yeah. really big the studio yeah. you know this was supposed to be a trilogy yes yeah yeah, yeah. and it, it would have been nice again yeah. sorrel that would have been cool the sorrels would have oh, been episode God. two i know we would have been in it you know I you would have crushed yeah. that yeah. stuff yeah. that world walter loved us i'm just saying it would make a great tv series now everything's going to tv now but <clears throat> who knows Everyone listening yeah. to this potentially, you know, down the road. I never thought I would see Star Wars become the TV series stuff that it's become now. Obi Wan yeah. Kenobi just Everything. came out. I didn't. I've never thought that would happen. Well, finally, our generation is making the content that everyone's seeing now, mm-hmm. right? And and I think, you know, the '80s were such a nostalgic time for us that the, the what came out of the '80s, the children of that era are now making the stuff that they loved, mm-hmm. right? So the neon and the and and the the bright colors and and the fashion and just the music everything's hitting and it's now coming back into fashion so science fiction like Star Wars or whatever that's coming back into the fold I love that I love that I love that something like Stranger Things is spotlighting a artist like Kate Bush and mm-hmm. like young people are like who's this Kate Bush person you know and they go oh whoa blowing my mind yeah so hopefully with Streets of Fire you know the Sorrells 
like that gets more into fashion. I can dream about you is such a great song. It's mm -hmm. such a beautiful song. Let me give you a little backstory on that on that song. I can dream about you. Yeah. Please do. Okay, Dan Hartman obviously wrote that song. Yeah. Um, I'm sure he didn't mind doing it, but I think at first they wanted to see if we could actually do the song. Okay. And then what ended up happening is the song was so good. And on that soundtrack was phenomenal. Yep. Yeah. That entire soundtrack. The entire soundtrack. Was phenomenal. Yep. And so Jimmy Iovine mm -hmm. was the guy behind it. You know how Legendary big, producer. Yeah, Jimmy Iovine. Yep. And back then, you know, he wasn't the Jimmy Iovine that he is now. Yeah. But he was still a pretty powerful guy. Mm -hmm. And so he was in charge of that soundtrack. And so uh, per discussion that I had with Walter Hill, he told me, he goes, the studio and the record label have decided that the song would be a bigger hit if a white performer performed it as mm. opposed to a black sort of doo-wop group. Mm. So it made sense. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, that's unfortunately the way you I know, guess. it is. Yeah. But yeah, but I mean, that's what their thinking was and that's what, did, that's what happened. So Dan Hartman went on and, and did the song um, and put the record out under him. I wonder so if this we, was the '90s when Boys to Men came out and kind of that hip hop R and <clears throat> you know. A lot of that stuff happened or got brought back, if you will, because of us. Yeah. Rick James, who was a really close friend of mine, um, he had come out to L.A. So every time he come out to L.A., it was me and um, you know a few other people. We'd always go hang out with Rick, go to the clubs and yep. stuff. Just so you know, I never did drugs. Ever. You heard that. They would always yeah. talk me, try to talk yeah. me into it. Good for you, man. Yeah. Because, come on, Stoney Jackson. Your name is Stoney. There's two Stoney. He would always call me Stoney Jackson. He rarely would call me Stoney. Sometimes if he's like, Stoney, he would, you know, yell at me or something to come over, but always call me Stoney Jackson. <laughs> Stoney Jackson never yeah, got but, stoned. But um, Rick had started a group. He told me, he says, man, I loved you in that movie. I love what you did. I love that group. He wanted Everything. to do a doo-wop group. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. he started a doo-wop group. He went back to Buffalo, put together these guys, and called them Process and the Do-Rags. Look it up. Process and the Do-Rags. Pro okay. Process and the Do-Rags. <laughs> Did, their, their song did okay, but obviously you didn't know much about it, so yeah. it didn't do that great. But yeah, he did that based off of Streets of Fire wow. completely. He told me he was going to do it, and he did it. And then when I saw him again, I got mad at him. I said, why didn't you put me in the group? Right. Come on. Yeah, yeah I was, and I was yeah. mad with him. Where, are, are you a singer? Like, do you, have you, have you... I can sing. I'm not a great singer, but okay. I, I, I can sing. I can hold it a little bit. I used to do the singing on um, The White Shadow. Yeah, yeah. The shower songs and stuff. Yeah, I totally. Nice, yeah, I was nice. the lead singer there when I got on that show. Nice. Yeah, there's always something, uh, an, an energy about you that had this performer, on stage performer energy mm -hmm. always about you. Yeah. Everything. Like you radiated off the screen, you know? So I'm like, something more than just acting. It was like yeah. the, the music side too, so... No, it's funny you say that because when I got the insiders, you know, I had the big giant Jerry Curl. You yep. see the picture right there. Got the picture, and, yep. And the earrings dangling everywhere. And and um, I used to get compared to Prince a lot. Totally. And Definitely so when when I got the insiders with um with um uh, Nicholas Focus. Campbell, yep, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> so um we it's were getting called in all the all the papers and the stuff and all the um the press, uh, Bowie and Prince. Prince and Bowie. Totally. Yeah. I love that show. I, I wish it had, uh, I think because there was so much music in it, a la Miami Vice, mm -hmm. you know, maybe the licensing is what keeps it from not being on DVD now or whatever. It only lasted for, you know, 13 episodes or so. It's 16. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But it's a great show. Great premise. 
it was it was that was one of the funnest projects I've ever worked on. Really, it was great. So so take us through that. Like, did how'd that come about? They did a Universal did a pilot called Dark Horse, and it was mainly just Nicholas Campbell in it. He had somewhat of a sidekick. There was an actor named Randy Brooks, okay, who was kind of his sad sidekick, um, but he wasn't like an equal partner in the show. So they did that pilot, mm-hmm. and then um, they didn't pick it up. So they came back and and relooked at it, and they said, "We want to do this." This was when Miami Vice hit yeah. that first season. Yeah. yeah. So you had Philip Michael Thomas mm-hmm. and, and, and uh, Don Johnson as yep. like the two partners. Yep. So Universal also produced Miami Vice, but it was for NBC. Yeah, this is for ABC. So Universal said, you know what? ABC came to them and said, hey, we want to redo this show because they wanted to. Everybody jumps on. If a show is successful, other networks come on and, and basically copycat it. Totally. So ours was yeah. sort of like that too. So ABC said, we want to make it a, a team. We want to make them a partnership like Miami Vice. Mm-hmm. So that's when I came in and started auditioning. Nicholas Campbell and I had just filmed a movie with Leon Isaac Kennedy mm. down in Miami in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, what was the name? Oh, it's called Knights of the City. Yep. So we were down there for like a few months. That's and that's where I got to know Nicholas Campbell. And um, Very cool premise, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Knights oh, that- of the City. Knights- you saw that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh Back in the day. Yeah. I think they showed it at the New Beverly Cinema. Uh, oh really? Yeah, yeah. Way back when. Oh wow! wow. Because they they do they do like a grindhouse night, and Leon Isaac Kennedy, I believe he was there mm. maybe for penitentiary because I I know he did that as well. Mm-hmm. But Leon Isaac Kennedy, who was just a New York ninja, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyways, they showed that, and I was just like, this mm. the movie changed my life. Leon, it's great. Leon, man, I, I, cha- like blew my mind. Is what I did. Didn't yeah. change my life. Changed it blew my, my mind. Blew like, my mind. How did you change it? What direction did <laughs> because you? Because I became yeah. a rapper. Now yeah. I'm <laughs> Leon uh, was also a good friend of mine because you get to meet a lot of actors when you're auditioning of and course. stuff, and you're yeah. in that yeah. circle. You like meet everybody, and Leon and I were pretty good friends. And he and my agent at that time were really good friends. And he was going to do this movie, Nights of the City, and he went to my agent to try to help him cast the movie. Okay. So one day I was going, I always used to go hang out at, with my agent back then. And um, he was off of Sunset Boulevard. So he used to always go over there almost every day, just hang out in there and stuff, see girls, all kinds of nice. stuff. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I ran into Leon. I was like, what's up, man? What are you doing up here? And I didn't know. He was putting together this movie and David was like kind of helping him. And he goes, I want you in the movie. There was no part written for me at all. Nothing. Well, So he goes, don't even worry about that, Stone. Just We're going to come. We're going to do a deal. We're going to yeah. put you in the movie. Get there. And basically, any line and every line that I had in the movie with all the scenes, I would just ad-lib throwing stuff. And oh, that, that's that great. was how I ended up being in that movie. That's great. That's and was down amazing. there in Miami for three months, man. Wow. And you can imagine how awesome that was. Uh, three months of just man. ad-libbing oh, into scenes. Man. Yeah, In the 80s. Wow. Girls, girls, girls everywhere, man. It was nuts. That was so cool. Miami's still like in the eighties. Yeah, go down there now you're like, yeah, yeah. you got it. You got. I was just there. Watch it. I was just there. Um. So wait. So okay. Yeah. So I was going to go back to. Is that what you? Well, yeah. Getting back to the insiders, right? As well, because because so you do this movie, Nice City. So that's where I knew Nicholas. Yeah. And so you're Bowie. We're done. (laughs) Finished filming. We come back to Los Angeles. I get a call from my agent. Hey, you got an audition to go. Uh, producer session um, for this new pilot that they're doing. And I go, okay. So I get the material and it's like these two big, huge scenes with like a lot of dialogue in it, right? Between me and the lead character. And I had no idea it was Nicholas. Oh. So I go to Universal and you know that they call it the Black Tower. Yep. So I (laughs) I go to the tower and I'm sitting out there waiting to go in. And then uh, Leonard Hill was our executive producer of the of the Insiders, and there's probably maybe like four or five other people in there. When I walk in the room, Nicholas is sitting in a chair, right? Okay. And so I go in, I look, and he sees me. So we're both kind of shocked. Now he may have known Stoney Jackson was next on the list. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. But when yeah, you know, as a matter of fact, he did know that I was coming through the door. Okay. So when I walk through the door, he's looking at me. I'm looking at yeah. him and just totally ignore everybody. He jumps yeah. up out the chair. I run over there and we yeah. just grab yeah. each other, just hugging. That's awesome. That's awesome. 
And so we get through all that little bit. Everybody's in there laughing and stuff. So then they, um, Linda Hill proceeds to start telling me what's going on with this show. So that must, must have taken like 10 minutes. I was in there for a long time before you even started reading. Wow. So then they say, you okay? You guys ready? I go, okay. So I got my sides in my hand and stuff. I decide, you know what? Back then, people weren't off off script or off book. You weren't right for auditions. You weren't right. expected yeah, to be people were, yeah. Yeah. yeah, not like it is today. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You go in there now looking at your pages, you may as well leave because mm-hmm. they don't want right? to hear. It's all self-tapes now anyway. Yeah, well, it's awful. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so he and I started reading. I, I still had the papers in my hand, but I didn't have them. And there was just this natural chemistry between he and I, this banter yeah. was going on yeah. in this scene. And so when it was finished, I mean, it was just like this weird vibe in the room. I just had this weird vibe in my heart that, damn, I'm going to get this. Yeah, you felt it. Yeah, Yeah, I just felt it. And so everybody's like, man, that was great. That was great. I swear, I don't even know. That day, I got a call back. They want to see you again. They want to see you again. Nice. I go, okay. Then I went back, uh, met with them again, read again. Go back home, get another call. They want to put you on tape. They actually want to set up doing these kind of screen <laughs> tests. They don't do yeah, anymore. Right. Yeah. These were like back in the 40s, right. 50s screen right. test kind of thing. They said they want to actually film you and Nicholas as if you were actually shooting yeah. the show. Awesome. I'm still That's auditioning. Yeah. This is awesome. Yeah. And yeah. they paid me for it because yeah. it was like a day of work. Yeah. So went in and we shot these scenes with he and I. And so... um, I remember I had to go back again and audition for the network. Yeah. I had to do that about three or four times at the network. I'm like, oh my God, yeah. just give me the part already. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. at this particular point, you know, you're just tired of auditioning. Yeah. Right. And you're thinking, you, you start thinking too much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, and when you do that, you don't come off as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I got through it and I ended up getting it. Here's a kicker. I had auditioned for Stir Crazy. Okay. Remember that Richard Pryor movie? Yeah, Gene Wilder and stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They were going to do a series about Stir Crazy. Oh. I auditioned for that that pilot. That was also, I think, Universal. Okay. Okay? And I think it was CBS. I'm not sure. But uh, Larry Riley, he's dead now, but do you remember who he is? N- not off the top of my Yeah, head. look him up. He, okay. he he did a lot of work. His name was Larry Riley. Um, I don't remember why he passed away or how, but yeah, he he's, he's dead now. But he was playing... Was it him and me? I don't know. I, I I know that I got that pilot, and then um, Universal came to us. ABC came to us, and they said we we want Stony for Insiders. Next thing you know, money starts going up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 All right, bidding cool. war, yeah. prime time. TV and it was series. nothing planned. I just yeah. happened to get both at the same time. Nice. So um, I ended up doing Insider Pilot. That series did get picked up, but I think it only lasted like three or four weeks on the air. And it's mm. a shame because it's a really good, it's a really fun show. You know, what was that the, the Insiders? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about Stir Crazy did get picked up, oh, but Stir it Crazy only lasted did. for about four episodes. Okay, ours ours was on for the whole first. Uh, part of the season yeah 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 like you said 16 episodes and this is this is what happened i think with with the show from what i heard from uh leonard go um goberg who was our uh leonard hill who was our executive producer Mm -hmm. um abc was going through a transition they got bought out Mm. so the guy who was the president of abc insiders was like his baby Okay. Oh, he yeah. was the president. His, what was his name? Lou Ehrlich or something? And um, our show was like, out of all the shows for ABC, that was his baby. Mm-hmm. He loved Insiders for some reason. And so when that transition happened, and I think Cap Cities took over ABC, okay. somebody took over. And when that happened, they got rid of him. Bye-bye, babies. So yeah. our show... Yeah. I don't yeah. want to say it got put on a back burner because they gave us like the best time slot you could have. Yeah. Yeah. Which was opening up Fall Guy and Hotel. I mean, mm. come on. I mean, no, actually, we we took over Fall Guy. Lee Majors wasn't happy about that because we took his time <laughs> slot. So we opened up for um what was the show that came on after that? It was uh I know Hotel was like the Hotel and Dynasty. Zach, you were watching. Dynasty. You were watching Hotel that and night. Dynasty. Was Dynasty yeah. It was yeah. us, Hotel and Dynasty. That was like the big night. 
for television. Right. Of all the networks. Yeah, this is back in the day when yeah. literally you just had those network TV shows and that was it. That was it. You know, yep. it wasn't... Uh, and we opened, whatever. we 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 uh, moved Fall Guy. Yeah, Lee Majors. Well, it was, and the premise was different from Miami Vice where it was, you know, reporter, right. ex-con, and you guys are linking up, taking on, you know, yeah. different aspects. It wasn't Miami Vice. It made it might have had a little bit of that template. And the music, though, kicked ass. And the opening theme... The Genesis song, you know, is such Phil a... Phil Collins, oh, yeah. My gosh, it's so good. Such a great way it's to start bang, that. Bang, bang, bang! Yeah! Bang, bang, bang! Down they go. It's just a job you do. Yeah. Uh, so good. Anyways, I, I know that was after Streets of Fire. I, I want to backtrack a little bit back going back to Streets of Fire mm -hmm. because you were saying uh, before we started rolling that, that that shoot was a long shoot. Yeah. Like you were contracted for what, 23 weeks you yeah. said? But you didn't shoot that whole time. No, we didn't. And it was cold as hell when you were doing location yeah. shots in yeah. Chicago. Yeah, we went to uh, Chicago because they wanted the authenticity of the L trains. Yeah. And um, but you know, remember the look of that movie? Yes, it was like a futuristic, but it was like fifties, eighties, dated, fifties, eighties, and then other little pockets yeah. of like the twenties with with Cody's yeah. look. You know, it had that old look, but it was like mm -hmm. kind of set in the mm -hmm. future. Dark that was really and cool. And Walter Hill has a, such a distinct vision with his movies. You yeah. know, where uh, like the Warriors, for example, he loves the trains, you know, mm -hmm. the train going to Coney Island mm -hmm. and whatnot. So. Yeah, that Streets of Fire had a distinctive comic book look to it. And then that's why being on set was perfect because yeah. of the way it looked. But then obviously he's doing shots in Chicago with the yeah. train, right? So we did that. I think we were in Chicago for like maybe four weeks, four to six weeks. That's a long time too. Man, dude, yeah. Walter Hill shoots like in like a page a day. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Right, right, which you can't really do now anyway. Oh, yeah. man, no. But, now you got to shoot like seven to ten, maybe even more pages. Right, but, but no wonder they're day. concerned about going over budget. You know, at a certain right, because at a certain point he's like, "Nope, we're just gonna." Hey, that budget was huge, yeah, and it yeah. was Walter Hill. Mm -hmm. So yeah. man, yeah, he took his time. He was yeah. on fire at that time. No pun yeah. intended. You yeah, know, he because was. He his his movies had at that point in the eighties. He was just cranking out one hit. At, well, <clears> whether <throat> it was a whether it was a, a box office hit or not was a different story. But his uniqueness, mm -hmm. every one of his movies, whether you like them or not, are very different from one another. You can't go, you can't say, oh, that's, you know, 48 hours is yeah. just like blah, blah, blah. Now, yeah. he, he broke the mold with 48 hours, that buddy comedy thing, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Streets of Fire is a rock and roll action musical. Like, yeah. you, you put all those together and people go, wait, I don't. Okay, who's in it? You know, like this. You don't see movies like this. You don't. Yeah. See, there's never been another movie like this. No, in my opinion, you know, almost that almost that entire cast became like huge. Then it, it's it's yeah. one of the yeah. best casts, top to bottom. Mm -hmm. Like every single person in that movie brings their A game. Yeah, you know, down to Bill Paxton's small little role. Yeah. But he nailed it. Bill Paxton, um, leaving. That was Willem Dafoe's so first movie. Yep. Yep. Yep, he did yeah. done a movie called The Loveless. Um, uh, I think either before or right after that. But yeah, he like carved out that niche, you know. Yep. And yeah, Lee Vang being a total badass. Amy Madigan, yeah, Amy Rick Ma Moranis, right? Yeah. E.G. Daly, um, Diane Lane. She was already like a star. Yeah, right. she was a kid though. Yeah, and then here you are doing yeah. these. I was a musician for a while. I don't really do it anymore. But but being on stage was such a rush. I love being in front of an audience and and seeing you guys performing in that movie, even if it's acting. It just felt so authentically genuine, you know, with mm -hmm. the with the crowd. You filmed it at the Wiltern, right? Yeah, yeah. We did. So w was that a was that a challenging process to uh, to do that scene? Uh, no, it wasn't challenging. It was fun. Yes, it was a lot of fun, and yeah. they had a ton of extras. Yeah, he shot like it feels authentic. It, it really, as we were shooting it, it felt like a real concert. Yeah, I bet it felt like a concert. The music was blaring, and and when we went on stage, and it was crazy because it was like when we when we we weren't a real group. 
Yeah. But it felt yeah. like we were yeah. a real group mm -hmm. when we went out there and everybody was waiting for us to come out to yeah. perform this yeah. song. Yeah. All the, I mean, hundreds of extras. Yeah. Who hires hundreds of extras? You just right. don't, Not now. You don't do that. Right. Yeah. Now, now it's digitized. and Yeah, yeah there was hundreds yeah. of extras and everybody was out there just waiting for us to come out and perform this song. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. It was weird, man. The the, the vibe, the feeling, the style. The it style. Was, I mean, oh, it we, was we've amazing. we've said really that uh, you know the the last seven minutes of, of Streets of Fire is just like the best. It's just the best on film because it's you know it's not only are you guys on stage, but you know, uh, Tom and Ellen Aim or Michael and Diane are having that moment right mm -hmm. where he's like leaving her, and then she goes out, and tonight is what it means to be young, and it's just like it's just so it's just such a mood. Yeah, the whole thing. And so to hear you say, yeah, like felt like a, it, I mean, it was, it was it a concert. Is. It really felt yeah. like, it really felt like we were in a concert yeah. and we were the the group. And I mean, the reaction, yeah, that wasn't fake yeah. from the people yeah. that were watching it. When we did yeah. the first take and we got to do the whole thing up front yeah. right away. Right. We got to do the entire performance from start to finish. So everybody out yeah. there in the crowd was like, oh my God. And that song, boom, 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 boom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Your your moves, like your energy, is so it's so yeah. infectious because it, you yeah. just seem like you're just having a great time. Yeah, you know, talk about the moonwalk for a second. Yeah, yeah. My friend who I met, his name was Mister Freeze. He was in uh, Splash Dance. He remember the guy with the umbrella. He was a break dancer. Okay. And remember the guy with the, when the umbrella pops out and then he starts moonwalking in Flash Dance. In Flash Dance. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Okay. That was him, Mr. Freeze. And so I got him <laughs> to kind of teach me how to do it. At that particular time, too, there was a guy named Jeffrey Daniel who was one of the leads in um, Shalimar, that singing group Shalimar. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, he and I were really close friends. And as a matter of fact, we were, I think at the time we were like roommates because I had a place. He was married to Stephanie Mills, the singer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And oh, they got into a horrible fight. Oh. And then he left. One day I came back home, drove down my driveway. I had a back staircase that went upstairs because um, I lived in a duplex off of um, in the Fairfax area. Okay. And um, so I pulled down the long driveway. I got out the car. I go up the back staircase. And he's sitting there with all this luggage. Oh, no. He had moved out. <laughs> oh, no. So he, yeah, he came in, in and that's when he it. became our roommate because <laughs> oh, I had like two bedrooms in that place. It was big. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I'm like, of course, man. So um, anyway, he was like chore choreographing for Michael Jackson. Okay. All right. And so Michael was trying to get him. Um, Streets of Fire had come out. I did the moonwalk in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Yep. So Michael saw it. Wanted to learn it. No way. Jeffrey you was taught to, Michael Jackson the moonwalk? Is that what you're saying? I, is that what you're saying? I was there. I don't want to is say that what I'm you're the, saying? No, I'm not saying that. That's no, what you're true. saying is if you hadn't done it, yeah. it wouldn't have happened. You're maybe. saying the moonwalk. Michael wanted to learn how to pop. Jeffrey was like the pop locking oh my God. expert from Soul Train because okay. that's how Shalimar started. And he was doing oh the, the moonwalk. Back then it was called the backslide. It wasn't called the moonwalk. Okay. It was the backslide. And um, uh, Jeffrey taught me really how to perfect it. So that's when I performed in the movie. Michael saw it. He goes, oh, I love it. I want to do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> you guys, let me tell you this something. Amazing. Michael amazing. Jackson, yeah. he, um, Jeffrey taught him. I was there through wow. a lot of those rehearsals. And um, that's how I ended up in Beat It. I was just going to say. That's how I ended up <laughs> in Beat It. Um, I, I'd known the family for a long time. Love that. And... Um, so I used to go down to the rehearsals and stuff. Bob Giraldi, who directed it, but somehow knew who I was. And I was just an actor. I wasn't trying to be in a video. Yeah. <laughs> I was just yeah. an actor. You're the guy that taught Michael yeah, Jackson so about the moonwalk. so we'd be hanging out in, um, <laughs> in uh, Michael's trailer on the set. So I'm down there with him and, um, and Jeffrey. And we're in his trailer. So Bob Giraldi comes in. And then um, he recognized me. Mm -hmm. And it was weird because I'm like, you know, I wasn't some big star or anything like that, but he recognized me for some odd reason. And he goes, man, maybe we can get this guy to be in it. And then Michael says, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm an actor, yeah. man. I wasn't trying to be in right. a music video. It's right. like, you know, right. kind of like an extra or whatever. And so. Yeah, because that, during that time, this was a different time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were like, man. You should think about it. You should think about it, Stoney. Think about it. Yeah. I said, okay, I'll think about it. So then I talked to Jeffrey. And Jeffrey was like, dude, 
this is going to be huge. It's going to be iconic. I had, yeah, I mean, it's Michael Jackson's yeah. already like yeah. Michael Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, man. All right. So um, Bob was like, cool. So he just started throwing me at him. Stoney, come over here. And he would throw me in this, this shot. If you watch the video, it, yeah. there's no like rhyme or reason to where I am in the video. I'm like all over the place. Like one second, you'll see me here and then there'll be another shot. I'm over there. <laughs> I'm walking down the street. <laughs> it just makes no sense. That's amazing. But it was oh, Bob Giraldi going, here, go, go in there. Get, yeah. In. yeah, it was weird. Wow. The next thing I know, that's like one of the things I'll probably get recognized most for is oh, being yeah. in the Michael Jackson that's Beat It video. so funny. With no line. <laughs> but you had it. You but had I had it. it, and man, I'm so glad I did it. It was so fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's wild, man. Yeah, but but yeah. so when people recognize you, they go, "Oh, you're the guy from this, or you're the guy from that." I mean, do you take it as a compliment, or do you go, "Well, what do you know me for now?" Is, but does, I, does it matter to you? I'm like the low key guy. Everybody wants to go, "Hey, y'all, Stony Jackson from Lydia." I'm like, "No, don't do that. Don't do that." I like to stay low key, mm-hmm. undercover. I'm not like you know want to be all out in the spotlight, although I do enjoy acting, and I know you're on television, and you're in a movie, and people see you, but I don't know, it just never hit me like that, like, I need to be this star, I, I've yeah. never felt that way, so it, it's weird, that's kind of how I live, you know, I don't really care about being the big, huge star person. Well, I mean, that that speaks a lot to your character, and to your upbringing, perhaps. Because, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, just maybe. having that, the humbleness, like even now when you're describing, well, you know, uh, I, I, I don't know why he wanted me there. I don't know why. Like that, that's a, yeah. that's a level of humility and humbleness that is such appreciated mm. sincerely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and the fact that you're on our show and talking about your career <clears throat> is huge for us because we're obviously big fans, you know, oh, and, thanks, and, man. and everything. It's like every little thing talking about trespass, you know, just jumping ahead to when you made trespass again with Walter Hill mm-hmm. and you're doing a movie with. Two of probably the biggest rap stars at the time, Ice yeah, Cube, Ice Cube. and Ice T. Do you know he he wanted me for the Ice T role? Really, Walter did. Yeah, he brought me in. He I, I've done like four or five projects with Walter. Okay, yeah, he and I have this really cool relationship. He always liked me. He always like put me to work. I did Wild Bill with him. Yeah, yep. awesome. um, Tales from the Crypt. Yep. Um, I was supposed to do Undisputed, but again, um. Because black actors didn't really have huge names. The studios never saw us as being able to put butts in seats mm. as opposed to how it is now. Yeah. Yeah. So when I was coming up, I had to audition pretty much for everything yeah. I ever got. You're right. Yeah. Walter Hill never made me audition for anything. He would say, hey, meet me at Paramount, take you to lunch. I go, okay. He'd tell me I'd go there, studio, That's we'd fantastic. go in the commissary on the yeah. nice side. Because yeah. you know there's yeah. two yeah. sides. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> I'd be sitting in there, man, and like all these big stars and big ass producers yeah. and yeah. stuff. And like, man. Yeah. So he would always do that for me. Call me up. Hey, Stoney, yeah. meet me at Paramount. Going to lunch. So I always knew after the first time that um that uh he had something for me. So when whenever yeah, he would call yeah. me like that, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, lunch. man, Walter lunch. Something. Yep, and yeah. working with Walter, you yeah. always know it's going to be big time. Yep. So, um, uh, which movie were we talking? Well, about? We're talking about Trespass, Trespass. but so. oh yeah, yeah. So what happened was he wanted me to to do the Ice T role, okay, uh, King James. Yeah. And then the studio said we need bigger names. Mm. And at the time, the rappers had the bigger names. Yes. I mean, ninety. What is it? Ninety-two. Yeah. I think we're talking. And so. the rappers yeah. could put butts in seats yep. because of the music. You know, music is so much bigger than movie stars, mm. unless you become like the Tom Cruises or the Will Smiths or whatever. Right. Yes. But um, yeah, music, everybody, and it's universal. So it's not like um, yeah, you know, people in the United States only see your movies. Everybody Everyone's across the globe hears yep. a song. Right. Yep. And right. loves it. So right. the studio said, ah, we rather, we we want some bigger names. So they ended up getting Ice Cube and Ice T. And Ice T had just done New Jack City a couple yeah. of years prior. So, yeah. yeah. So he was like like on a roll mm-hmm. then. And mm-hmm. um, so Walter called me back in. He goes, hey, Stoney, this time it wasn't lunch. He just said, come to my office. Oh, so no. he told me what happened. <laughs> and I go, shoot. He goes, don't worry about it. I'm still going to have yeah. you in the movie. 
So he wrote that part for me. Really? wasn't originally written in the movie at all. It was kind of like that Leon Isaac Kennedy thing, except the difference was Walter actually put it on paper. Mm. So he he wrote lines right, in right. there, yeah. So then at the same time, when we got on set, Walter pretty much, he said, look, I don't care what you guys do, just kind of stick to the core of what I've written. Mm. But I don't care about the ad-libs. I don't care about this, That's that, great. and the other. That's and great. so I got a funny story. There was this little old white lady who was our script supervisor on Trespass. Remember, this movie's all guys. There's like no women. Yeah. There Walter no women, yeah. did something smart. He said, okay, all the stand-ins that we're going to hire are going to be all women. So there were women on the set. So you got like 11 main characters in this thing, and all the women are stand-ins. So it kind of like, it was a good idea because yeah. when you got too much testosterone yeah. in one room, yeah. mm-hmm. it yeah. can get crazy. Yeah. yeah. So that kind of that, yeah. that kind of helped a lot. Oh, that's funny. So I remember this little old white lady. She was so sweet, and you would never expect this. I don't know. Can you use foul language? Yeah, on totally. Notice? We can. Yes. All right. So this is, what, this is what I'm gonna say. Yeah. This little old white lady. She was real quiet. She was sitting over there, and man, she knew her business. She's working for Walter Hill, so you know she's got to be on point, right? Mm-hmm. So um, we get into rehearsing a scene. Me, Ice, all the guys. But most of the dialogue was coming from me, Ice, and um, and um, Cube. But Ice had most of the dialogue in this particular scene. So we're on set, coming for rehearsal. So Ice is like, yo, yeah, fuck it. We're going to kill the motherfucker. We're going to do that, da, da, da. So then um, we go, okay, rehearsal's up again. We go do another rehearsal. So action on rehearsal. So Ice starts saying it, and he forgets his line. And he goes, uh, what's the line? And the little old white lady gets him. She goes. Yo, motherfucker, I told you that. <laughs> Everybody looked and fell out on the yeah. floor, man. It was funny. Yeah, as yeah that's amazing. It was so funny. That's the awesome. The white lady, man. It was, yeah, it was hilarious. It was one of those you had to be there moments. Course, no, 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 wow. no. But as opposed to me telling you about it, but it's man, you would, yeah, you would have died. What's funny died. about that, though, is like I could see Walter after that going, that was really good. Why, why we should put her in the movie now? Let's put a part. I don't, man, I remember Walter's face. He could not believe what he just heard from her. I bet. I bet. Verbatim. That's hilarious. Yo, motherfucker, I said kiss my and, and she threw in the attitude. <laughs> with the words, attitude? Every, was she in with the attitude too? She was just Swagger? reading it. She yeah, was reading yeah. it. Okay, okay. <laughs> but she read it verbatim. <laughs> it wasn't like I would like you to <laughs> Oh man. Was the was the shoot challenging? Yeah. We did we did our own stuff on there, man. We yeah, we did our own stuff. You know, breaking down doors. I had to break down a door. I had no idea this door was gonna be a real thick wooden door. Oh shit. And yeah. I had a ha- uh, an axe. Yeah. Yeah. And when I hit it the first time I hit it during the scene, the shot, I was like, damn, it's a real door. I'm thinking like, you know, it's right, a studio gonna, movie. Yeah, so I'm gonna be able yeah. to break yeah. through this door it's with gonna one be scored or whatever. Yeah. Dude, I yeah. thought I was gonna tear through that door with the first <laughs> yeah. chop. Yeah. Yeah. It took yeah. me about 20 chops trying Check to get through me that out. thing. <laughs> Boom. I was like, wow, that's, that's some oh, real that's stuff. Funny. But yeah, all this stuff was cool. There was, remember that one scene where um where I was pretending to be the cop? Yeah. Yes. And there was a slight incline. And me and this other actor, Byron Minns, uh, were in this scene. And um, he was at the car. So I had to run and get in the car. So I was supposed to run up the hill and run behind the car and then open the door and get in. I just had this feeling. I said, boom, 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 boom. And I ran up, and I knew back then I was really athletic. I was in shape. I said, I could jump over this damn car. No. Yeah. And I had on a police belt and all this heavy equipment and yeah. stuff. And so I said, I could still jump over this car. So I said, Walter, <laughs> I said, listen, I got an idea. He goes, what? I said, can I run instead of going around the car, which to me kind of takes too long if yeah, you're running yeah. from people that are shooting right. at you? Yeah. I said, can I run and dive over the car and get in? Yeah. And he looked at me, he goes, can you do that? <laughs> and I said, yeah. He goes, nah, I don't think so, man. I don't want you to get hurt. I don't yeah, want anything yeah. happen because all the insurance stuff. And all yeah, that. of course. Yeah. He's like, ah, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. And it was, uh, what kind of, the car was, uh, uh, what was that? Um, God, I can't think of the name of the car, but it was a high-end car. Yeah, yeah. And so I go, I can do it, man. Just let me do it. He goes, okay. So rehearsal. I come flying up the hill. I dive over the top of the car. I dove so hard, I had to actually stick my hand back to grab the the other side of the car like this so yeah. I didn't fly oh, too far. Man. Yeah, yeah. So it slowed me down. Yeah. Yep. And then I opened the car and got in. And Walter was like, <laughs> everybody on this set was like, 
but he couldn't believe I just what did that. that. Yeah, I dove over the whole car. Wow. Yeah, so he left it in there. He goes, yeah, we're going to do it. You're like, good, because so, I can't I had walk, to do man. it like yeah, 20 man. times, yeah. man. By that 20th time, time, like, <gasps> I couldn't, right. I could barely dive anymore. But yeah, he kept it in there. I need a mineral That was water. an ad lib. Yeah, that's great. That's such a good yeah. point, though, because yeah. he's a guy who's doing tons and tons of takes. Yeah. Every time you're like, yeah, I can do it once. Oh, right. We got yeah. Coverage. <laughs> if coverage. it's something that's cool, Walter, yeah, he he'll he'll let you do it, man. He's, he's so cool. Yeah, well, I've I've seen many of his movies screened at the theater in Santa Monica, and he's been there and done a Q and A and whatnot. And just super like I, clearly has a passion for what he does. Mm. Uh, I love seeing the relationships he's created with the actors in his movies, the mm -hmm. writers, the the crew, the whole crew. He uses his like his crew yeah. all the time. Love that. And that's Ry Cooter, he, his music guy. He uses everybody all the time. He stays loyal to all these yep. people. Projects right now, you um it, it's called Sangre Negra. Sangre Negra Black Blood. And that's okay. what it means in Spanish. Okay. Um we've been having some back and forth on that title. Um it's a it's a really a diverse cast, but the cast is set or the story is set around a Hispanic family. Uh, Eric Estrada's in it. He yeah. plays the patriarch of this, nice. of this family. He has a couple of sons, and he has an illegitimate son with a woman he had an affair with who mm -hmm. was a black woman. So that son is mixed. So that's where the black blood comes from. Okay. That particular son is like a gangster. He's into all kinds of bad crap. He's got his oldest son, who's a, an attorney, and his youngest son um, is uh, a police detective. So the police detective's son, half-brother, they don't get along. Okay. But the older brother is actually his lawyer. Mm. So they get along. So you've got that that dynamic of that family. Yeah. Yeah. So my character plays, uh, I, I play a guy who is a somewhat of an acquaintance of the, uh, the Black Blood brother. Got it. And he brings me in because he wants to try to take over this, like, mob situation where he's like the number one guy for this mobster mm -hmm. he wants to take over his business okay. and he needs help doing it so he knows that my character is this crazy street guy who yeah. just you know pop a cap in you just yeah. you know if yeah. you blink wrong Cimarron yeah. Squally right yeah Cimarron Cimarron Squally yeah is that the you name of your character you're trying you're just saying words no that's the name of his character oh, okay. <laughs> yeah Zach is the, the research king I try to be man I try Jeez. to be you know we're yeah. clearly big fans of your work so uh, uh, appreciate you know? it yeah <laughs> having you on our show has been huge uh, this has been an honor really thank you for it. tripping down memory lane with us hey man thank you guys I don't. I it's don't so normally good. like do you know this stuff. So yeah. like when you ask me, I'm like, eh, okay, all right. Well, so. I hope you had it. Was it worth it? Oh man, it was great. <laughs> are you kidding me? Hey, you guys are awesome. We don't want you to leave here and be like, I'm never doing those again. Nah. Well, thank you for being on the show. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Cool. Thank, thank well, you. I appreciate you having me. Duke. Oh, listen, I just wanted to say goodbye and remind you that the good guys always win, even in the 80s. All right, thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a four... Is it five-star rating? <laughs> Shit. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We really... Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. If you listen to us on Spotify, that's great, too. And you can find us on the internet. <laughs> Don't forget to check out our website at $2LateFee.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at $2LateFeePodcast. We'll see you next time. We did it. listening to the Geekscape Network.